did week two deliver or what? I think I mean, so. it was it was phenomenal. We've got so much to talk about tonight. Um, even got a little bit of a, a segment to introduce that we only normally do when we go to games. But we had a couple friends at games as well, so we'll be talking about that as well. All kinds of stuff. Texas, are they really back? I think so. I mean, you see it in parentheses for real this time. Well, well I was going to say that that even topped what the prevailing title was supposed to be, at least to start the day yesterday. A wild and wet week, too, because of how many games were uh, delayed by were, rain, of all things. Weather. Mother Nature um, wreaked havoc yesterday. What a what a weekend. And, and Notre Dame, by the way. Well, we got all kinds of things to talk about. We'll just get right into it. So uh, let's get going. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal file. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. These people don't give you. If you're a fan of college football, you were a fan of yesterday. What a day it was. Texas upsets Alabama. We had multiple overtime games. We had a lot of weather delays that turned out to be probably just as good in terms of game uh, as a whole. So with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into this. We're going to start with the news of the day. I mean, like the biggest, most breaking news of the day. And uh, I'm really shocked that this is even even the news today. It came out a little bit kind of later in the day yesterday, I believe, late in the evening yesterday. Um, but, man, and I apologize. I'm trying to find one more thing for the show mm-hmm. that I didn't have pulled up already. But Mel Tucker is under investigation and now suspended without pay by Michigan State University. For what I believe was sexual harassment. I believe that was the term, and I want to make sure that, that is correct, but everybody's yeah, nodding, so I'm assuming that, I'm right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to make the joke. <laughs> I'm not going to make the joke um, because it, it's truly not funny, but the joke yeah. I made was, so I'm not really sorry yeah. for that. But, you know, um, it, it's just it, it's unfortunate, really, because this is uh, – well. It's unfortunate for Michigan State because let me tell you something. <laughs> um, well, this might be cause, and this may not lead to them having to pay a buyout if they fire him. Yeah, it would be with cause because uh, anything wow. that you got that's like a in a, a criminal investigation, which this would be. Um, yeah, that, that would that's the clause that they were able to get into that contract. So Man, if they're they able to get out of the. For. Yeah, they found exactly say, what they needed to be able to well, get out of here yeah. scot-free, no questions <laughs> they said, asked. They, they, they really. said that this investigation has been uh, ongoing, like the uh, report about it or something. Uh, uh, the the athletic director or associate athletic director, um, let me make sure I've got this right, uh, Alan Haller, he said that, um, that they have been aware of the investigator, like they had been aware of the report since December, and that the initial since December, since December of oh last my year, God. and Come the investigation—that's when they started the invest- investigation. At least now, they went mm-hmm. and, and did this all this process um, going forward, and the initial like findings of the process 
said that uh, that it should be going to a formal hearing. That was that was finalized back in July, from the sounds of it. Uh, didn't get to catch a whole lot of uh, Alan Haller's press conference, but just kind of trying to take in the news as it was, you know, dropping during uh, their their press conference that was at yeah. five Eastern here on Sunday. Yeah, it was kind. It was kind of abrupt because we hadn't really heard about it. And then just all at once, it's like, oh, he might be fired. He's yeah. suspended. And there, there's still a tweet that, at least the, the last I checked, Brett McMurphy still got a tweet out that says that Mel Tucker's been fired, according to sources. So Yeah, why? Look, I, I like Brett McMurphy. He does a lot of good things for a lot of different pieces of college football, but mm -hmm. his reporting on anything not bowl-related is, is lackluster, and uh, even that's yeah. becoming very, very poor as well. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see um, what happens there, but just just a really interesting situation with, with, with them as a whole. Mel Tucker is... I mean, I, I don't intend to say this, but the, the moniker Tuck Cummins... Um, and I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm not going to the direction okay. I, I went earlier. Okay. But okay. he he never really, never really arrived in East Lansing. I don't think. I mean, this was a team that that broke onto the scene in 2021. A great year, 11 and two, I believe, was their record. And they just completely collapsed. I mean, it was just it was over like that. And I think that the, I think his tenure is over by the way, I, I don't know what comes of this investigation, but I think the tenure might be over at Michigan state. And it, it's, it's simply because they look, if they bring him back, that, that buyout comes right back into play. They can't just fire him later and be like, Oh, remember that? No, that is, that's not how that works. So um, they're going to have to figure something out for him because I, I can't say, I don't think he sticks it, around. I just don't. They were looking for a way to get out of this contract. They're going to get that get rid of him. There's no doubt in my mind. And even if if they, for whatever reason, somehow don't, that's going to loom like a giant albatross hanging over the program. I mean, you've got the the you've got still lingering residual effects, and and not saying that there shouldn't be, but the fact is that we're in 2020. Hey hey. No, 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 no. You got really no, no, no. you got really drowned out by your fan or whatever's going on in the background there. I didn't I don't have a fan going. I don't know what the hell's okay, going well, on. Well something came up and it was it... not a problem, RJ. Yeah. Uh anyways. So yeah, so Art Bryles has not coached a game in seven or eight years now, going back to the last, you know, fallout of the Baylor investigation. And the fact that he was even at the OUSMU game yesterday on the field. Yeah. There's a lot of negativity and, and a lot of uh, people was that don't even want him Oklahoma to. Oklahoma gear? Yeah, he was wearing an Oklahoma uh, yeah. sweatshirt or something because of uh, Jeff Levy, because he's the grandfather of, of Levy's kids. Yikes. So that's I we're not talking about that. I'm, I'm just saying that's all I know all, is that Venables did not know, and he he has yeah. stated earlier today like that's being taken and, care of. So and I don't Castle, know what happened, but I, as well. Uh, but no, yeah. that that's a, the thing is that in this day and age, if you have something negative, like Pat Fitzgerald was you know a legend as a coach and a and a player at Northwestern. He may not ever be able to go to another Northwestern game again after all this stuff that came out in July. Yeah. You know, 
there is not any room for forgiveness these days, it feels. And if they're looking for a reason to get rid of Tucker, they're going to get rid of him because it's just going to be that much worse if they, for whatever reason, decide to keep him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to kind of follow this because, again, the suspension probably is just a start until they find out exactly where they are in that contract because this was very quick. It was like, as soon as that became public, I, I don't know how Michigan State didn't know that this was happening, first off. The fact that he, look, I, I'm going to tell you something right now. The fact that this got more swept under the rug than a couple of burgers and then the subsequent lies that Jim Harbaugh said, and then this just goes under the radar until week three when it was apparently a thing in December of 2022. I didn't know the December part. I know this has been going on for months. I didn't realize that it went all the way back to December. Yeah, that's that, when that is the, unbelievable. That's at least when the initial report was filed, is what I heard. That is uh, that unreal. was again that was again a part of the uh, some of the things that were revealed in that press conference that happened earlier today. Um, so when when we get a chance to kind of go back fully in depth and and listen to it all, um, we may be able to find out a little bit more. But that was one of the big takeaways from. Uh, that press conference. So, but I mean, here's the thing at the end of the day, to me, what this comes down to is tough to prove because it's a, a matter of, he said, she said, when it comes to sexual harassment Oh yeah. and I'm not saying I believe either side of it, but you know, if you think that you are having something that's consensual, you know, then isn't or whatnot that's that's the argument that's going to be mel tucker's argument and i don't know if it's a good argument i don't know if it's the truth we don't know that's the flat out you know all, all it comes down to with this situation is that we just don't know we don't know what the investigation has turned up we don't know what they know we don't know what actually happened we may never know but just to try to you know look at it from both perspectives she, you know she says that this was not anything that she wanted. He said that it was consensual. And I mean, that's, we're, that's a stalemate. We're in a stalemate. And that's, that's perfectly fine. The problem is that these allegations are still serious and so should still be taken seriously. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I understand there's mm -hmm. fake allegations out there. I understand that happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, back when we did weekly, I mean, we, we went on a very long conversation about this Trevor Bauer situation. Yeah. And him being found innocent of, of his situation and how, you know, that does happen. And it's unfortunate that, that the fake things happen, but you still have to take them seriously uh, because the minute you stop, that's that's when bigger problems arise. Clearly, Michigan State did not take it very seriously, which is I don't think it's really the first time that's happened. Um, yeah. Larry as Nassar. a whole, they haven't taken. Well, that's not where I was going with that. Well, um, I mean, that. I mean, I, look, I, I get it, but that's not where I was going. I was thinking no. more of like just on-field and off-field instance with the program in general. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I was going for. Um, yeah, I just I can't say that I'm really a big uh, a big fan of how this just again was just swept under the rug like it's normal and like this is a should be a norm. It's it's really not. It shouldn't be. And and the fact that it even was thought, oh, we can get away with this. We can keep him out there. I don't think so. Um, and by the way, this is not anything that the NCAA has even gotten their hands on yet. Uh, this is all, I would hope they do at some point. 
uh, to I, be I, would ima- I, mean, I would imagine that they will. Know. There's no way that they can, I don't think. But Somebody somebody is... has to beyond mm-hmm. just Michigan State. Like, Michigan State's trying to get ahead of themselves be- be- to help themselves. But I don't know that you really can. Again, this happened in December. This investigation has been going on for months. How is Michigan State not aware of this investigation? Only because it became public is this even – is Michigan State even doing something about it? They are retroactively – take that down because of – yeah, because of one thing that's in there. There's a reason that wasn't pulled up. That, that, uh, I thank you, RJ, say, for the comments. <laughs> but I, we're not going to. Yeah, let's, gonna let's, that. that that's fine. Yeah. Um, but the the problem for me is that again, they, they, this has been going on for months, and they just they've let it go. And and the only reason they brought it up is because they got basically caught red-handed with him in this investigation. They're like, oh, now we have to do something about it. I mean, it, it's just, it's a shame, to be honest. That that's what it comes to is like, oh, we're not going to do the right thing until everybody starts making a big deal about it. Now we're going to do what's supposed to have been done probably a long time ago. Um, so it is what it is. It's just a shameful situation. I I, I don't really wish ill will on, on Mel Tucker. I know I'm a Michigan fan. I know I don't really like Michigan State and the program they've become under him. I don't think they're a very mm-hmm. disciplined program at all on or off the field. So for me to say that is, is you can take that as you wish as a, as coming from somebody who's a Michigan fan, but um, just not a, not a good look for, for that university as a whole in East Lansing. Oh yeah. We'll move on from this and discuss other topics of conversation. And I guess we'll just kind of start with yesterday as a whole. I mean, we talked about it. It was such a good day of college football. And we're not going to talk about some of the games that we have on the on the docket for upcoming slides, uh, conversations, yeah. the slides. Yeah. But overall, college football was just on point yesterday. It was just it was it was perfect it was what we expected week one was kind of what was meh i guess at most if that's what you want to call it week two came in and just saved the day it was a it was a great day of college football um and it really started on friday kansas went in and at home at in lawrence went out there and just owned illinois from start to finish that game they went 34 to 23 a huge game uh Kansas is legit. This is not really indicative of Illinois. This was just Kansas coming out and saying, yeah, this is – we're legit. Like, we are a good football team, and we're going to come out here and we're going to we're gonna be a problem for everybody. So, which is kind of what everybody thought. Kansas is becoming that team. that They're kind of becoming what Iowa State was, uh, only with a, a little bit different of a scheme. And they came out, and they're just playing spoiler to a lot of teams. So, look out for the Jayhawks as the years go. Or as the weeks go, not the years. Uh, the years go on. Saying, Kansas is going to be good too, though. Don't you worry. Yeah, as I was long as Lance Leipold's there, Kansas is going to be good. The thing for for me is that you know uh, they didn't play Daniels last week. It was it was Jason Bean against yeah. Missouri State, and that's why there was such a big question about whether or not you know Kansas and Illinois, you know how how low the line was because if if Jason Bean had played, yeah. uh, it may have been you know may have been close, but. Kansas got up what at one point like thirty four to three or something like that. It felt like and and they um, 
it, not maybe not that exact score, but they were up big, and and then a couple of late Illinois scores made it look a little bit closer than they it were up, was. They were up thirty four seven, and then a couple okay. uh, touchdowns and two point conversions brought it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it was interesting. I mean, it, again, Kansas is really good. Illinois is not bad, but they they just they could not hang around with Kansas stuff yesterday, and that was um, impressive on a lot of fronts for the uh, for the Jayhawks. That's for sure. Sorry, I'm trying to get my my YouTube TV back on. It cut me out of my uh, my red zone viewing pleasure. Um, I've got the same thing over here. I almost wore a shirt that uh, well, it was basically oh. my App State shirt that you've seen me wear on multiple occasions. But I was going to tape uh, something on there that said "Free App State," kind of like what JJ <laughs> McCarthy wore last week for Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> uh, because they got completely hosed yesterday in overtime. Yeah. A, a completely botched call. I mean, I understand refs not wanting to kind of disrupt the game they disrupted the game by not allowing that to play out properly because yeah. the wide receiver was not tackled but he was tripped um in his route and he was wide open it, so that's it was, not the only game that ended without you know at least there's there's some a lot of people that are saying that there were multiple games yesterday that ended there should have had a, a flag thrown but i've only seen one person about, say that and i think they're wrong but that's okay i i I agree with that uh, philosophy um, on on the 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 game in question. That's the other one. I, but yeah. that one in the Nap State North Carolina game was absolutely ridiculous. It, it definitely should have been thrown in that spot. I will have it be known um, before we talk about this game. I, I did I did pick Alabama on Wednesday, but I did place a little money line bet on Texas. So you know what? Yeah, I won anyways. So screw you. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, Notre Dame came out and dominated NC State. I mean, they got through that weather delay, 3-0, first play. Audrey Estime comes out, huge rushing touchdown, and it was on from there. Notre Dame blew them out uh, with a 45-24 win. NC State hung around, stayed within two scores for a while, but eventually Notre Dame just pulled away and walked away, basically. Um, yeah, I think the best Sam Harmon's legit, and this was like the proof that I needed to see that Notre Dame was is good. Yeah, I think the best thing that happened to Notre Dame uh, yesterday was that weather delay. They they started off and they were looking just not great at all. Uh, the weather was really wreaking a little bit bit of havoc early on. Uh, Hardman and, and company did not look comfortable offensively. They come back out, they regrouped in the locker room, and they just rolled from there. Yeah, absolutely. Other games, uh, Colorado rolled pretty much from – Late second quarter on 36-14, big win over Nebraska. I don't want um, to talk about that. We will talk about this, though. Cincinnati came out and did the unthinkable. Yeah. They got out to a big lead on Pitt. Pitt tried to force a comeback, but they couldn't. Yeah. Uh, the Rice Owls beat Houston yesterday in, in, uh, in double overtime. Double overtime. What a win that was for the program. Even Good the children shit, were celebrating. Let's go. Let's go Rice Owls for the win. So, there. by the way, if you're keeping track at home, it goes, I believe, as the following. So Texas is greater than Rice, who's greater than Houston, who's greater than UTSA, who's greater than Texas State, who's greater than Baylor. Oh, uh, yes, the, this good old. The, I think Texas that's where hierarchy. we're at right now. I think that's, that's where we're at right now, yeah. That's the Texas hierarchy uh, after two weeks. So <laughs> Iowa. Iowa wins 20 to 13 in the, the bowl. Uh, I did say that DraftKings was running a special. Um, 
for uh, any player that bets on this game will be suspended indefinitely. It was a great deal. Nobody took it, though. I was shocked. Um, <laughs> I mean, but anyways, I know. So I heard some comments after this game. This is actually what I really want to talk about. Some comments after the game. Uh, well, let me start with this. 20 to 13. Uh, the average is still below 25. Uh, they're at 22. Brian Ference, you are going to be fired, my friend, if you cannot score more than 25 points a game. In your first two weeks. Sorry, Cam. No offense to your Aggies, but that just no. <laughs> come on, man. Um, I mean, Idaho State scored more than that yesterday, and we've talked about how they're not very good. Yeah. Um, and then Cade McNamara goes on to say, oh, well, man, I've never had a defense that scored touchdowns before. Shut the hell up, dude. You're mm-hmm. such a petty little bitch. It's not even funny. I, I'll put a – look, hey, here's a dollar right here in coins. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll put those in the jar because – Dude, the amount of stuff I've read about Jay, uh, about Cade McNamara over the last couple of weeks, and then hearing what he just had to say on Saturday, he's got to be the most hated man in Ann Arbor. He's definitely the most hated man in, in this 20-square-foot room, I'll tell you that. Um, I mean, first off, you just completely ghost your uh, a freshman quarterback who comes into your program and J.J. McCarthy uh, because you were threatened by his presence, which was clearly for a good reason because you got benched for said quarterback. Um, sure. And then you transfer, you leave, you bring your best friend, Eric Hall, who's just as big of a uh, coward as you. And um, well, now you're in Iowa doing what you got to do, I guess. But uh, let's say, I mean, I get it. You've never had a, you've never had a defense that scored touchdowns. I, Michigan doesn't produce many defensive touchdowns. I get that. Um they don't have to though to in order to win games. I was about to say I, that defensive touchdown won you the game. Clearly, you couldn't do it yourself. You couldn't do it yourself really um, very well at, at Michigan either. So that's okay. Um, but Michigan had a light schedule uh, in twenty one, other than Washington. But Washington was bad. Jimmy Lake times, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, good old Jimmy Lake days. Good old Jimmy Lake man. is. What else did we put in there? I think we had, I think we left out Miami, Texas AM from the slide. Yeah. So Miami, yeah. Texas AM, Miami came in, proved something. But Connor Wigman proved that he's still legit. He's still their number one quarterback, and that's yeah. not changing anytime soon. He had a good game. I'm disappointed. Um, Mario didn't listen. I, I sent him multiple texts give Henry Parrish the ball, get him a rushing touchdown. I sent Wegman a DM Hey, man, hit Evan Stewart for a touchdown, please. That didn't happen. Like most of my bets, nothing happened yesterday. I got completely just hosed. Completely, yeah. I got hosed. Look like App State out there. Yeah, my um, Texas. I had a couple that. Field. I was to say I had a couple that hit, but I mean most of the stuff that I did that was like a couple different teams that that ended up falling apart. So, where is this idea coming from? The SMU is not good because it's their group of five. Obviously, they can't be good, Tyler. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I look. I listen. I listen. A team that went six and seven last year. No, no, but that's not. That's not what people are saying. Points. That's not what people are saying. Though people are saying, "Oh man, Oklahoma struggled with SMU. How could they?" Like Oklahoma is this far high and mighty football program right now. They're they're really not at the moment. Um, but even then, like they're acting like SMU is some lowly G five program. We shouldn't even touch the field. The same well, thing. I mean, 
I just, I, I literally just listened this morning to um, one of my, uh, look, I like the podcast. I really like Brandon Walker. Uh, it's all, it's about the only thing I like about that podcast. But um, I, I listened to them this morning and I was hearing this, this conversation from um, one of, one of Barcelona's finest about how, oh, SMU hung around with Oklahoma, man. They're just terrible. What? Well, SMU is not a bad team. Like the fact that they held SMU to 11 points shows there's a lot of improvement. By yeah, the way, they've only missed really well. they've only missed like five or, or I don't know how many tackles they said they missed. Like, um, damn, I just saw that earlier today too. Uh, they've only missed a handful of tackles. Uh, let me see if I that sounds that like a Brent Venables defense though. Oh, here it is. Oklahoma tackles. has only seven missed tackles through two games. And just four last night against SMU. That's a that's yeah. a good number against SMU. That's a really good stat. Last season through two games against UTEP and Kent State, they had missed 33 tackles. Gosh. Talk about a vast improvement. I mean, look, I, I talk about this all the time when it comes to showing improvement. Like, I've talked about J.J. McCarthy. Much more improved this year in terms of his pocket presence, his ability to kind of mm-hmm. feel it out and not just bail on a play. And he makes the athletic plays, right? He's always made the athletic plays. But he's never just made the normal plays that, that should look at least somewhat routine, look routine. The last, first two games he's done that, and you can see that marked improvement. It's the same thing with Oklahoma's defense. That the, the missed tackles going down brings Oklahoma stock up. And the fact that they dominated this game against SMU, they were up 21-3. Oh, no, it was 14-3. SMU scored, made it 14-11. to and then, and then they scored two two unanswered touchdowns to end the game. Oklahoma is well, a good team for one, and SMU is also very good. Like that just showed me that SMU is on that level. One because they're going to the Power Five next year, Power Four without Pac twelve, and two they're hanging with a very good Oklahoma team. Oklahoma's much improved, and so people have to start acting like they're improved, and they have to realize that SMU might be the best G five school out there right now so here's the thing at at the end of the day what this was to me i watched a lot of this or i try to watch a lot of this uh this was a game that smu's defense kept them in i'm i'm really concerned about the offense i think it'll get clicking here pretty soon hopefully beyond week four maybe uh like week five and beyond once they get that's the thing how are they struggling so bad because rhett lashley is like looked at as is a great offensive mind i mean i was hearing them yeah. All they talked about during the Miami A&M game was, man, they really missed something with Josh Gaddis last year because the difference between Rhett Lashley, Josh Gaddis, and now Shannon Dawson, it's like it's like they got Rhett Lashley back. Mm-hmm. Because Tyler Van Dyke played like he did in 2021 yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And I thought that couldn't come back. So I was wrong. I don't think it's consistent, but I, I was wrong at least for now. Where is this with Preston Stone? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, this is... He's a good offensive coordinator. He's a good mind in the offensive room as a whole. But what did, what did you miss here that, that you couldn't get this offense going? Because if they could have, they probably could have won this game. Yeah, based on the first couple of weeks, there's been some issues with drops, and that doesn't help. But there's been some, some questionable read progression for Stone. I'm hoping that they can get that alleviated, like I said, after week four for my own selfish purposes. But – um, you know, I mean, this is this is going to be their defense is going to be able to keep them in games. What really like their their fatal flaw yesterday? They when they were down twenty one to eleven, they fourth down in their own territory around the thirty something yard line. There's still a lot of time left in the game, like seven plus minutes. 
they decide to go for it. They don't get it. Oklahoma scores again and puts a dagger in. I mean, if they just punt it away, their defense playing well. You got to trust your defense, Lashley, to at least give you a chance. You're going to need some help, but you know, going being down ten and punting it away is better than being down seventeen and getting the kickback. So that that was yeah. the biggest takeaway to me was that you know there was a game that definitely was winnable. Uh, but again, I mean, a half point was the difference in the cover because SMU hung around and played better than a lot of people expected. But just that one mistake was the difference. We'll move on a little more. Uh, Pitt, not good. And Phil Dracovic, dude. <laughs> 10 of 32, 179 yards. He you did have three touchdowns, but 10 of 32. I thought him going to Pitt. I, and the problem is that there's a little bit of a misuse going on with, with Dracovic. Mm. Yeah, but that's not even the beginning. I mean, he's yeah. just he's just struggling bad, and he he looked this bad last year. And when you look this bad with Zay Flowers, and then you go to Pitt, and and still continue to struggle this bad. Um, Gavin Bartholomew was like the bright spot. He had almost he had like forty five percent of the receiving yards uh, that Jacobic tossed around with three catches, eighty yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the tight end. Pitt is in trouble for one. Djurkovic uh, is a whole other story because he went out and after the game, he was like, what do you have to say to the people that were booing you after the game or during the game? And he's like, well, if there's an old man booing me, he's got way more problems than, than me playing football or something like that. And I'm like, dude, you've uh, got to stop. Like, you've got to understand that you like that. Time and place. Well, not he, even that, but like, dude, you don't even have the accountability to understand that you played like crap. Mm-hmm. If he's you worried about terrible. if he's worried about that treatment at home, you know there are going to be some oh, you know rowdy, you know rowdy near week, fans. Oh man, you know that next week, <laughs> West Virginia is going to rattle him senseless. Uh, I'm going to call it now. West Virginia is going to win that game. I don't I know what the spread is right now, but I think West Virginia they were is favored favored by a point and a half. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 said, I think they'll I win out, right? I said preseason. I thought they'd win too. Yeah, that's a that's a big game next week. Uh, one of the few, actually. Uh, so next week's slate is so bad. In fact, that game day is going to Colorado to watch the uh, to watch the Rocky it, Mountain Showdown Rocky or whatever Mountain they show. call it. They went oh, with man. Rocky Mountain High instead of Take Me Home Country Roads. They went with the different John Denver song. I can't believe they did that, to be honest. That was unreal. I, um, I can, but I can't at the same time. That's their first trip to Boulder since like '96, and I really was thinking, you got to go to, you got to go to, you know, you got to go to the brawl this week, and then you know when USC comes to town week five, like. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, that would have been the much better choice for game day. I, yeah, I, I just. Like CSU Colorado is pretty big, but it's not the biggest yeah. rivalry out there. Yeah, just the it's, fact that it's not that... big outside of that state. Yeah. I don't even know if it's big in the state. I mean, no, uh, not really. But, Colorado dominates so, it for the most part. The last thing it. I'll leave you with, I'm not gonna go over every single game I can talk about because I will be here all night. Um, but yeah. the Pac-12 was 18 and 0 at one point to start the season, which is the best start since the FBS FCS split. Uh, 1978, if I'm not mistaken. Um, really, really good start for the Pac-12 in their, um, in their final year. Their maiden yeah. year. I don't know. I don't know what the their, right term their, is. There. Their finale, final 
final voyage. Yeah. Maybe final their voyage. maiden voyage. I don't know. Whatever yeah. it's called. I can't remember. Point being, they were 18 and 0 at one point, and that's what matters. Don't worry about my vernacular. They're walking the green mile. Good. Then they lost like two or three games last night. They did. Course, um, I well, mean, I mean, one of those was Stanford, USC, but yeah. um, Auburn, it, look, that Auburn Cal game went exactly as I thought it would. Cal had 7.3 yards per carry last night, mm-hmm. and they lost yeah. because Jaden Ott did not play. He had two carries last night. I, I will go on that record and say that is why my money line lost, and it is not because I made a poor decision last night. That's what I'm going with. I'm sticking to it. I did make a poor decision in Arizona State as my underdog. Thanks, Cam. Um, you guys really, uh, really did it last night. Cam still, Cam still blaming the refs. So I, I watched be. that game this morning. It, it wouldn't yeah. have, it wouldn't have helped even if yeah, that was no, called correctly. Yeah. No. So I've settled right. down now. I still don't like Gundy, though. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Join, join the club. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get these uh, slides up here, if we will, because we have plenty to be talking about here, and that starts with Utah at Baylor. You're going to see our top 25. It releases later in this episode or in this show tonight. Uh, if you're watching or listening on podcasts, uh, come back um, and watch on YouTube because you'll be able to see with your own eyeballs – even though I read it off every week, you'll see with your own eyeballs, top 25. Utah wins 20-13 to 13 in Waco yesterday. Sawyer Robertson actually played really well. Um, like that, The stat line's not great, but he just he did what he was supposed to do yesterday. I don't know. He looked better than the stat line shows, other than the interceptions. I, I We all saw the interceptions, but mm-hmm. he looked like he was completing at a higher percentage than 12-28. He was running the ball well. I, I was... Thoroughly impressed. Sawyer Robertson's not going to be a bad quarterback for for Baylor, and I hope that no. Dave Aranda's around to be able to get him going. Um, for the most part, I wondered if if you know for a good majority of this game, if it was shaping. That's really the, the problem. I mean, you go back and saw how well they were doing with Gary Bohannon in 2021. You know, Shapen did win them the the Big Twelve championship without Bohannon. Yeah. In, in that year, but ever since then, ever since Shapen became the guy and Bohannon transferred. They've been some very inconsistent play at the quarterback. Position it's been quite disappointing, uh, to be honest. But mm-hmm. what I will say is, Baylor. If, if you're a Baylor fan, you're not too worried. They they were the more physical team for three quarters in this game. It, it was really Nate Johnson coming into the game that led Utah to the win. Uh, look, it, Bryson Barnes wasn't good yesterday. He was very bad, uh, was very poor. Awful. And Jaquin and Jackson did what he needed to do. He played really well. They, they had, a, all in all, a pretty solid day. I, I saw Micah Pittman a lot. He got a lot of catches. Um, it, it was good for Utah, but it just it wasn't Cam Rising-led Utah. And, and that's what we were missing. Nate Johnson came in and led that game-winning drive, or what would ultimately the be game the game-winning time drive. drive yeah. I, did he, he led both of them, though, if I'm not mistaken. Um, nonetheless, was, led them led yeah. them down the field to to win the game. And I was just saying, I, I think I it was, was the, the pick that put them in position for the game winning drive was on, in a short. Field. Oh, you're right. He, he you're did, right. He did you're lead right. them, but they yeah. had a lot, like not as much to. to yeah, it, it was have the, to do. Was, the 88 yard drive right. was the tying drive. You're right, and um, 
Nonetheless, like Nate Johnson. Or something. Nonetheless, <laughs> Nate Johnson led them down the field at a, at a very crucial time for them when they really needed it. I would say he's probably the starter until Cam Rising returns. Uh, I don't see That's any reason for Bryson Barnes to come back in a game unless he's hurt. Um, Johnson's That's hurt. Weird. This is definitely a win that Utah needed. They did not look good, though. They were physically, again, the worst team on the physical side of things. They really weren't able to do much of anything right uh, from my perspective. It just so happened that they finally made the right decision late in the game that, that gave them the position to win this game. I would say that probably up until that game tying drive that they were beat up until then. And that was with maybe five minutes to go at most. Mm-hmm. They, there was a good amount of time left. Utah has some things to worry about. I don't fully know what they're um, what they've got on tap next week. I, I, I think it's Weber State. They, it is they, Weber, they, uh, which is not be- something you want to be <laughs> – you don't want to mess around because with Weaver State next week, um, but they, they do have a week before they can uh, before they really have to prepare because then they get UCLA, who's led by Dante Moore. Um, UCLA is good. Yeah, UCLA is 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 pretty good with a, a quarterback that I will talk about in a little bit. And that's that's home field advantage, but you'd like to have something figured out, and especially with Absolutely. that revenge. If you're Utah, but I think the questions for for Baylor really have to be at, at this point. You know what what is the issue? What's the problem? You see on on the screen six straight losses going back to week ten of last year. Um, I think it's quarterback play. I, I don't think they've had a good game at the quarterback position, and I think mm-hmm. it's severely hampered what they can actually achieve because they are much better than zero and two. Yes, I mean, they really are. And we saw when Sawyer Robinson came in last week, he led them to a very good handful of possessions. Mm-hmm. He did the same thing yesterday. He had, They had a very good, I don't know, probably four or five possessions. They just, they just couldn't do much when they were in, like, positions where they were forced to throw the football. If they could have run the ball all day, they would have won this game going away. I mean, they really would have. Richardson was phenomenal. Uh, Sawyer Robinson was moving the ball well with his legs. Uh, he even had one on the ground, a touchdown on the ground. I mean, it, it was it was a good game plan until they got behind the sticks. If they ever got out of um, out of sequence or behind and, and mm-hmm. at a disadvantage in field position. It just felt like they couldn't do anything, and, and it was it was yeah. very troublesome. Um, so I, I would blame quarterback. I mean, again, you said six straight losses. We may see a couple more. I, I don't know that we see a couple more in a row. At least I'd hope not. I don't – again, I, another schedule. I don't know off the top of my head. They got Long Island next week. Yeah, it was They're not losing was next bad. week, so yeah. maybe they'll be all right. But then they get Texas. Yeah. And yeah. It, I, I don't know that I'm going to say this outright, but they – um, you don't want to get. We might need life alert in Waco. I'm yeah. just going to say that because um, Baylor right. might get flat out walked in that game. So they, they might end up in uh, the Brazos be, like Pat McAfee did a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, sick them bears. They'll be the toothless bears. They ain't going to be doing. <laughs> They'll be the gummy bears. That's enough of you. We are moving on from this game. Um, um, no, we really are though. Yeah, Oregon. 
Talk about a bad beat. <laughs> it was 31 to 30. And then the, uh, Tyler Shuck throws a pick six. 38 30. Oregon covers. Texas Tech loses. They're 0 and 2. Um, and this is going to be the problem is that I'm really shocked for one that Oregon, Bo Nix was a leading rusher. I thought Buck Uring had a better game than that. He looked like he had a better game than that when you'd watch um, and see a lot of his carries. But 46 yards is the most Oregon can muster up for their leading rusher, which was Bo Nix, who was phenomenal. He's putting together a Heisman campaign. I'm telling you right now, 32 or 34 yesterday on the road in Lubbock. Put this guy close to the top of the board. I don't know who's higher right now. Like, if we're going off of play alone in big-time games or, like, bigger games, it would likely look like this. Penix, Ewers, Knicks. Maybe Shazir Sanders somewhere in there? Well, Sanders is probably up there, too. Travis Hunter is probably up there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they're up there for reasons. Yeah. We're going to see more of Colorado to really determine whether they are in that conversation or not because that – Colorado didn't look good for a while yesterday. Let's not say they didn't end up winning big. Mm-hmm. They just they struggled a little bit early. Yeah. But there's guys who have not struggled yet. Michael Penix, look, this is a team that was expected to have a very close game, or at least some thought. It, I mean, it was a 14-point spread. Nobody expected 56-19. to 19. Yeah. They went out and, wa- and just did whatever they wanted against Boise State. They mm-hmm. walk all over Tulsa yesterday. They really didn't need to do much. Bo Nix goes to Lubbock and throws 32 of 34 for 359 after a team after this team, this Oregon team, put up 81 points last week. I know FCS. When's the last time we saw 80? 2019, right? 2015. 15. Even yeah, even, even better. So mm-hmm. these two are probably close to the top. Caleb Williams is probably still in that conversation. Shadur Sanders is probably still in there. I mean, we have four Pac-12 quarterbacks in the Heisman conversation. Yeah. And if <laughs> Gene Delora turning the ball over. Minus that, we might have had. Um, Thanks, man. Did we see that com- comment before? It is just, uh, yeah. because I can't grow one. Uh, I was I was saying we if if you put Cam in the middle and me on the bottom, then you got clean shaven starting to come in. Then it'll be the evolution. Yeah, the full yeah, evolution. Well, we're not doing that. I don't need embarrassed anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but yeah, four quarterbacks from the Pac-12 in the Heisman race right now. Um, you might be able to put five. Cam Ward was phenomenal yesterday at Washington State, too. Yeah. He was really good. But Bo Nix has definitely entered that conversation. You don't go to Lubbock and do that and not be in the conversation. Oh, so, most definitely. Good as him. Tyler Shuck trying to beat his former school. <laughs> Just couldn't do it. I mean, too many turnovers. Uh, they really relied on him a lot to do things that he really couldn't do. Uh, he did run for 100 yards, which was amazing. The fourth down play that they had yesterday in this game where they, they tried to get a QB power with Shuck, he got blown up in the backfield. It was it was yeah. a loss of yardage. Gave Oregon good field position to go tie, uh, take the lead late anyways. Yeah. It was 27-25 at that point. Yeah, and <laughs> – it was just it was just not good. I don't know what the goal was. Was it 27-25 I mean, or was it Yeah, cuz they went down kicked a field goal took a 28-27 lead. Oh, uh, you're right. You're and then right. they traded field goals again right. before the picks. I just yeah, I couldn't believe that they even went for it on that spot. It was it was a very weird. Yeah, it's for me. Again, another one like we were talking about with SMU and Oklahoma earlier. 
like yeah, SM, yeah. SMU went for it in a bad spot too. <laughs> yeah. Like if you think if they don't do that, they might not have even ever been out of that game. To be honest, they could have yeah. probably done a lot more. And same with this, if you don't get, you know, go. If you don't do that, you have a chance to kind of run a lot of time off the clock. It, it, was, if, just, it was just weird. If you do a different play, even just, I mean, yeah. you use a different quarterback instead of, of you know, going with, with uh, Shuck there because Shuck, you know, I mean, he's got a lot of, of, of great abilities, but that he's, it's not, that's not what he does well. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a weird spot for for Tech to be in. It, it definitely shows that they've got some things they've got to figure out. Um, yeah. Interesting to know they haven't been zero and two for thirty three years until this I year. I, I don't think they finish. I don't think I don't think they finish below five hundred though. I just think they're a bowl team. They just they're in a little bit of a weird spot, but they, they've got a schedule formidable enough to kind of get themselves back in that conversation. Yeah. We'll I, move I, on. The, I was going to say oh, the God. only thing I was going to say um, is, is just, you know, I mean, got to give credit where credit's due. We've, we've talked about it a little bit already, but, you know, I mean, how how good is the Pac-12 going to be in its final year? I mean, you've seen already a couple of, of really good performances, you know, two big-time wins between, well, what's going to be a conference matchup next year when we talked about Utah and, and Baylor, Oregon and Texas Tech, and we're going to see – the Ducks host Red, the Red Raiders next year in a Big Ten, Big Twelve showdown. This this is a this is a fantastic showing by the Pac-12 and and really showing that they they're actually more well-rounded from top to bottom than I think a lot of people gave them credit for. Oh yeah, I mean we knew the top six were great. Yeah, but what we didn't know was beyond that what was what was left beyond it. We're learning really quickly that the Pac-12 it turns is. Turns out it's everyone besides really Stanford, but Stanford's in a rebuilding year. So yeah. I, I would say Stanford and Arizona State. I don't think Arizona State's very good either. But Cal, I mean, they played really well yesterday. I mean, mm-hmm. I hope Jade not stays healthy because Cal could be a, a team that kind of spoils the party in terms of they could ruin somebody's chances to the to go to Vegas to play in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. And they could make a bowl game and, and kind of be one of those bowl busters that just, you know, nobody's really expecting. That there's a lot of a lot of intrigue for the back twelve. You've got to be watching that game, uh, this conference as a whole, going forward. Once yeah, if, again, you, if you don't stay up late, I was to say if you don't stay up late, you got to set your DVR and record them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Alabama hosted Texas last night, and Texas came out and just let them have it. Um, you guys realize we saw a fumble ruski last night, right? Yeah, I forgot to look for yeah. that play. I could not find that. Man. <laughs> I called it live. Was, when yeah. we saw it, I mean, BJ and I were talking, and I was like, was that what I think it was? And we were like, yeah, it was. I, uh, yeah. Um, little do we know that um, I was on FaceTime at the same time, and I was getting weird looks like, did, did you just call it what I think you did? <laughs> I was like, no, that's a real yeah. play. Don't, don't yeah. mess with me right now. Just because um, you've never seen it in this day and age yeah, does not mean I, that's not what it was. She's seen it. She's watched the longest yard with me. She's seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to run a couple errands. Was still watching this game on my phone, and it, it I, I got some funky looks at Walmart because I was <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe they did it. I really couldn't. I mean, we watched it live, and I was like. And I was like, man, that was weird. And then, like, I was like, he really fumbled that? And then I looked, and you could tell it was designed. And yeah. BJ and I were both like, holy shit. 
Like they that was that was what we thought it was. Yeah. Um man, John Tortorella would be proud of that play call right there. That was mm-hmm. that was a torchy special. Um, you know, I, I I talked about not putting anything on film last week with or in the preview for uh, oh, they definitely one hundred percent were were all in on Bama. They did not care one single bit about no, the Owls, no. and that's fine. No, but um, I mean, you know, you wouldn't, they they wouldn't have. I don't think there's any film that you could watch without a VCR that could have prepared them for that call in that spot. Like, my <laughs> goodness! Not. I mean, you'd have to go back a, while, a long ways. The um, 90s that probably. was just. It was just overall really impressive, of Texas. Yesterday, uh, they did a lot of things right. Quinn Ewers did a lot of things right. His deep balls are something to behold on for multiple reasons. Um, yeah. One, they do not look like they're getting where they are going. <laughs> they look like they're yeah. going to fall way short. Yeah. They look like one gust of wind is going to blow, blow it back like a boomerang. <laughs> um, but the first one, when he hit Worthy in the end zone, I mean, mm-hmm. I just you didn't even know what to think. I mean, because it just didn't look like something just, that should have happened. Yeah, it was um, just hanging up, up, up in the air, and suddenly he's right underneath it and catches yeah. it in the end zone. Yeah, it just didn't look like it, it made sense. Um, he had a couple like that. He was really hitting the deep balls. Oh. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, he was Don't really yawn. Hitting the deep it was a great yesterday. game. Why the hell are you yawning for? Yeah. Oh, wow. Multiple reasons, um, but I was just I was just overall impressed. Like when you were lost a lot of weight over the off season, and he looked a lot more athletic. He looked a lot more like his high school self, which everybody was kind of really waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, Jatavian Sanders yesterday was really good. The tight end that um, has been very good for them uh, yeah. start of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I mean, you looked everywhere. Got, everyone was making plays. Ad Mitchell, uh, Donnie mm-hmm. Mitchell. Or Donnie Mitchell, Donnie Mitchell. Yeah. I don't know. I heard this name pronounced so many ways. I got to figure it out. I'll get it next time. But I'm gonna go Ad Mitchell because that's what I know him as at Georgia. Yeah, he was great yesterday. Played really well. Uh, Xavier Worthy would probably be on this board with like four touchdown receptions if he would have caught two of them. Um, and then we'll talk about Alabama. Just a struggle fest, truthfully. Jace McClellan was arguably their lone bright spot in this game yesterday. He was running the ball very well with a lot of force, really downhill. He was actually really good. I, I was thoroughly impressed. I know the stat line doesn't show anything much, but but Alabama playing from behind, they put them in a really bad spot. The one thing I noticed for sure was Jalen Miller was not willing to stay in the pocket. Even when it was a clean pocket, he was not willing to. When he, he did, did when he did, good thing you happened. see two touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you'll see when you go back and watch it. But when he did not, or when he was not willing to give himself that time, you'll see, you know, the two interceptions, the telegraph throws, the just overall mm-hmm. uncomfortability that you really didn't want to see from a young quarterback making his third start. He's going to need a lot of work this offseason. And you got to wonder did Alabama make a mistake with the starter? I'm shocked they didn't pull him. I mean, there was a lot of faith. Yeah. That shows that there's not anybody better behind this. Like I would have thought Ty Simpson was probably the guy. No, didn't even didn't go with anybody. I mean, it was just it was all Miller. They gave him the chance. He didn't he didn't win it. And the problem is Alabama can lose more games with this this 
offensive style. If Milrow doesn't get comfortable and find that that ability to sit in the pocket and, and allow things to happen, this is going to be a very long season for Alabama fans. And, you know, we talked about LSU. We talked about um, really a, a handful of teams, Clemson being teams that fall out of the top five and, and potentially out of the top ten. Alabama could be one of them that, that – ends up in the top 15 hardly as, as like a nine and three team because Texas A&M is not going to be any easier. They played really well yesterday. I think they played a team that was just as good as, as what Alabama is uh, currently, at least in their current state. I think those three teams are on a similar level. So Texas A&M is going to be tough. Auburn, the way they played yesterday, their defense is suffocating. They are going to be a very tough team to play. I mean, just, oh, and let's just, not forget. Let's not forget their former defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, uh, over in Oxford. Ole Miss is going to be a hard one. Like the SEC West is wide open because nobody is is breaking away and showing that oh we're really good from the very beginning of the year. Well, just listen to the schedule. So they should get back on the right track with the trip to South Florida next week. But then Ole Miss comes to town. That's not going to be easy. You got to go to Mississippi State, which is actually looking a little bit better than we thought preseason, more competitive. They've got a freshman receiver who I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but it's sort of given life to uh, Will Rogers in that offense. That's and not, not just that. Stark Vegas isn't somewhere you can go having an off week. Yeah, Well, absolutely. going into the season, I think we could have agreed that you probably could have. But yeah. uh, so now looking it, back at what they are, it's not, it's not so cut and dry anymore. Yeah. That's it's, what I'm saying. The SEC West is not cut and dry right now. This is, and truth be told, I mean, I think the East is. The East really looks like eh, who's going to really hang with Georgia because Georgia's doing what they need to do. Everybody else is struggling their way around Austin P and yeah. Eastern Kentucky. And, mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of different things going to be happening as we go. The SEC West is up for grabs. And right yes. now, right now, the only team that has not looked near as bad, even though they've had some weak points, is Ole Miss. By the way. Who'd have thought at week two that that's a game we'd be talking about? By the way, just just uh, also, who would have thought at week two that the uh, the two teams tied for last in the SEC West were LSU and, and Alabama, just like everybody predicted, right? Also, no. who, who had that on their 2023 bingo card? Not me, but uh, I do want to say that, you know, I think there's the two of the last three losses that Alabama has had. There was just something that you could see in the building stages leading up to it. Now, I'll, I'll give you credit. You know, LSU, I thought they had the talent and the potential to do it at home last year. I didn't outright predict it. But the other two, I was, I said, you know, for if not weeks ahead of time, I've been saying this one for a lot of the offseason that this was going to happen. In fact, you go back to our bold predictions uh, going back to, I believe, Cam, you can correct me if I'm wrong. This was uh, August the 20th, if I'm not mistaken. About that. Uh, Yeah, you go back to episode 140, so three weeks ago. And, uh, well, my my first bold prediction, I've been beating this drum for quite a while now. I'm going to stick to it. I think the talent is there. It matches up very well. And I trust one QB over a different QB. With all that being said, the streak of 
night game wins at home for Alabama will come to an end in week two. The longest active home winning streak in FBS is going to come to an end in week two when Texas goes in and beats Alabama in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And it did. And also that my, my favorite stat that they showed on the broadcast last night was that this was Alabama's first loss against a non-conference opponent since 2007 UL Monroe. Like that, it just is unheard of in this day and age. Alabama and losing non-conference games, not a good combination. No. But it is a combination in 2023. They lost their, their first since 2007. It's going to be interesting uh, what to see what they actually do uh, again moving forward. It's it's tough to say, but this is a team that either bounces back and goes eleven and one, or this is a team that folds and ends up nine and three, and in a very very worst case scenario, eight and four. Remember how close they were? I mean, we talked about it. they were this close to unbeaten, but they were this close to seven and five. Mm-hmm. Alabama's in a spot right now where they there's a lot of questions that we need to see answered sooner rather than later. Absolutely. With that said, that will kind of conclude that um, the the discussion of games, anyways. But I will say we had some friends out there, and this is kind of our new segment. This is kind of just taking a tour with some of our friends that we talk to on a consistent basis. They were at games. Kind of like I, when I go to games, I bring back, I come back with pictures, videos, things like that that I thought were cool from the games. Uh, some of our friends gave us permission to use some of their content. We were looking for one guy in particular who may have been at a very, very uh, interesting bar in Austin, Texas last night I, watching no, he, the Texas. He, he wasn't in Austin. Um, oh, was he in Dallas? He, yeah. He, there's So there's a oh, place in, in the DFW area that. It's called Longhorn Ice House. Uh, he didn't send yeah. anything, but yeah, I know uh, it's disappointing. I, I checked the the arrest report. I didn't see a, a disturbance where there was a man dancing on the roof naked with a, a thing of gravy to douse himself. Douse in. So I think gravy. Yeah, so I think. So, we're okay. so we think Jared's okay. I think so. Okay. I think he may have partied it up, now. but I mean, who wouldn't after a win like right? that? Right. Yeah. So we'll start with our friend who was actually at this game, uh, Austin, uh, in um, Tuscaloosa, right, in Alabama, Tuscaloosa. and <laughs> Texas. And I want to use the picture that was my favorite. In there. Yeah, I think this was that, um, that picture is gorgeous. One That's of my favorites. Picture. Look, Alabama was one of the first, uh, one of the one of the first, I think, that brought in like the colored light pattern. I absolutely love it. South Carolina did it, brought in their new lights last year, which then they brought in a brand new entrance for cocky, but not to make this about South Carolina. A very cool view, and and we were happy to get all of these from our friend who went to the Alabama game. Thank you, Austin. Uh, You know who you are. We appreciate your stuff. Now, our friend RJ, who we've seen in the comments tonight, was at the West Virginia Duquesne game. I think he went a little. I think he was a week early going to Morgantown. I don't know why you. I think he's got game, se- I, he's got season tickets. He'll be he'll be at the. Oh, yeah, you better say. be there next <laughs> weekend, buddy. Um, I think he'll meet another friend of the show as well. A- everything that they send us so. next week might not be usable. Um, just. <laughs> And he, he well, left yeah. after what the weather came in and the and weather delay. He goes, he goes, and the weather delay is here, so I'm leaving. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, I mean, I don't blame you gotta him. Do what you got to yeah. do. Uh, weather delays him. were were heavy yesterday. Um, yeah, 
I didn't end up getting to make my way up to Norman, but I'm I'm gonna figure out somewhere to figure somewhere out to a be. week and, and somewhere to be, yeah. That would be interesting. But we appreciate all of our friends. Uh this new game tape segment is really brought to you by you guys, the, the viewers yeah. and everybody here. I mean, obviously the three of us get our, our college football fix in throughout the season, but all of our friends do as well, and we have plenty of guys who, who hit up games as we go, so it's always cool to see what you got. And remember that uh, there will be a time at the end of the year where you will be able to submit your very own pictures from any game, and there will be a vote on uh, multiple platforms, uh, Twitter, YouTube, and potentially even Facebook, where you guys can make your vote of the best one. Um, this this is an early favorite. To be, I'll tell you yeah. what. I would say it's probably up there with the panoramic shot that we got last week uh, in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a lot of really, and that was not my picture. So I'm not making it a favorite because it was my picture. No. Um, I'm not talented enough. I don't know. I didn't even know panoramic view existed on my phone. So, uh, he, he's technology illiterate apparently. Oh, very, very. Like, did she snap it with a Clarendon filter? That's all I need to know. I don't think so. Okay. Unlike the rest of her pictures, no, I don't think yeah. so. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> don't give me. Kill. She, she, um, does she, she even watch the show? I think you're okay. Hopefully not. not. Probably not. All right. So this is probably the part in the show where we kind of shout out our Wednesday show. Uh, not normally, but starting on Wednesday, we have a brand new segment coming up and you'll want to tune in for it because it's going to be the three of us kind of like we have Tyler's takeaways and this is pretty, before we do that, there's three segments. Tyler's takeaways, BJ's ballers, and Cam's corner. Um, say those three times fast. Um, on Wednesdays, we got Tyler's top picks, where I'm going to give you five games that I think, and the over, under, spreads, whatever, that I think you should bet going into the weekend if you are a degenerate like myself. I think it's a very <laughs> cool thing. I'm going to keep track of the record. We're going to see where I end at the end of the year. Okay. That could be bad. After week uh, two, yeah. Oof. Yeah, well, after week two, it's been I rough. I apologize so. for your break. But make your bets. Round. Make your bets. You you may be you may be a winner. Um, it's one of those where you can kind of pick and choose what you agree with and disagree with. And if you're wrong because you picked and chose, well, it's not my problem. <laughs> and if I get all five right, well, that's whatever. But I am making bets on all five of these myself, so it's not just it's not just me telling you to do. I'm doing it myself, so it's not. You got that. BJ's best games, he's going to kind of preview games that are not in our slides um, that we think should be discussed. Instead of just all three of us kind of throwing out random games, BJ's mm -hmm. in charge of picking games to talk about. And then Cam. Sweet. Cam's got his G5 game of the week. That is where he talks about the best game in the group of five going into each week. Make sure you tune in on Wednesdays. We've, we've added a lot of stuff to kind of mm -hmm. continue the content and keep it flowing. Um, especially on Wednesdays, because Wednesdays right. tend to be shorter. We're, we're trying to add just a tiny bit onto Wednesday shows. With that said, I believe it is that time, though, where we have takeaways, Cam's Corner, and BJ's Ballers. So let's go ahead and start with Cam in his corner. All right. Yes, I am in my little corner here, and... I do quite nice enjoy Xbox it. controller. I can't believe I just... Oh, hey, Xbox, you. turn on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, don't have Connect. Don't want Microsoft <laughs> to hear the words I say. Anyway. Don't you, don't you, don't <laughs> you have Windows? What's up? Don't you have Windows? And don't you use Chrome? 
plead the fifth. <laughs> okay. That's, That's a yes. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, so there was one more thing. One that... more thing. Sorry, not to interrupt you. Um, did am I mistaken, or was Miami and LA Chargers like not a very good game, very similar to this last year? Oh yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought it was. So it nothing's changed. Okay, Cam, go no. ahead. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Anyways, um, I'm going to give, a once again, about two to three games a shout-out here because there was quite a bit that happened below the top 25. We didn't necessarily see a ton of top... Tell me you're talking about Reno here in a minute. ...teams topple there. Um, but, so the first game up, how about those... Uh, JMU Dukes. Yeah. That they kind of just controlled pretty much that entire game from what I saw. And I was to say they Virginia was leading for a good majority. Yeah. Virginia was up by two scores at mm -hmm. the break. And the weather came in there. Get back in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, that allowed them to get back into it. And they just kind of seized the momentum and, ran off in the distance with it and got a huge win for that program. Um, set, again, second year at the FBS level. So it it's definitely a very big, important win for them. Um, let's see. I've got a couple, the, but I, if, you, if they're not on your radar. Yeah. Do what I want the you other here. one. The other one that I want to go um, with next is who, who? The That's Rice Owls upset the Houston Cougars and win the Bayou Bucket, I believe is what it is. Mm -hmm. yep. um, huge win for Mike Bluegren in that program, um, even though I turned the damn game off at one point. <laughs> Dummy. Yeah. Yeah, it, went, it was 28 nothing. 28 nothing. A run of 28 unanswered, 28 unanswered, and then mm -hmm. overtime, where I thought if it went to two point conversion shootout, it was going to be over. Oh, I didn't mm -hmm. have to get there. We got to uh, an Owls win at. Yeah. They won off overtime. of the two point conversion in double overtime rather than the stupid the, style. The, the, the as we need to. Yeah. Um, right. Then the last game up is Nevada. What the hell are you doing? Thank you. <laughs> this, that was bad, man. I can't believe yeah, it. I mean, Idaho, now that they got rid of... Uh, you know what? <laughs> no, I'm just now, that they, <laughs> now, your favorite spuddy, by the way. Um, but now that they got rid of Paul Petrino, Idaho looks like a much improved program at the FCS level and they just came out <laughs> they absolutely uh, just beat up the wolf pack it was ugly 35 to 6 was it not yeah. Yeah. I mean Jay they, Marvell left that program in bad they they were bad yeah. yeah he knew he knew mm -hmm. they're they're yeah. in trouble over there in Reno it's bad yeah did so you, that, Cam? Did you happen that's to see kind the, of the games that I had in mind? Uh, did you happen to see that uh, 
darlings of the G5 who just took down Purdue last week, very nearly got an FCS upset on their hands. Fresno State yeah. almost lost to Eastern Washington. But yes, can we can we complain too much about that? I mean, Eastern Washington is I always. I was going to say, always Eastern around, Washington's so. one of those teams where people need to learn not to schedule them. Like, yeah. their program isn't necessarily as dominant. I was going to say, if you're not a. But. If you're not a top tier P5 opponent, like you're walking yourself into a very troublesome Mm -hmm. spot. So, Mm -hmm. hey, Easter Washington is not a team to mess with. Um, Was it not Vernon Adams? Didn't he come from Easter Washington when he went to Oregon? Oregon. I thought Mm -hmm. so. Um, Anyways. Texas State covered at UTSA. They hung hung around. That Mm -hmm. was. 13 and a half was much, especially after beating Baylor. I didn't think they were going to do it. I was worried about a letdown. I, that's the biggest thing, and that was kind of where I halted on. And, and by the way, we went 0 for 6 in locks and upsets. We did this in week two last year, too, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. We did this Glad in week two last year. Trend. Yeah, um, you can go back and double check. I, I'm going to here to make sure. But, yeah, we, uh, we've had some troublesome times in the lock and upset round here because – Oh, let me let me take that back. We had we did not do so bad. I did bad in week two. I missed out on my week two picks, but um everybody we actually went four and four last year. Um everybody did. We went oh and six in in this this year though. It was rough. We kept close though. I mean we, we hung around with a lot of them. Um the, I thought the Arizona over Mississippi State was, and if, if Jaden Delore hadn't thrown four picks, probably would have been five turnovers. Boise goal, State was a field goal away. Uh, mm-hmm. SMU Oklahoma was about yeah. fifty points away. I'm just kidding. It was like thirty. Um, yeah. Still too many. Um, as a matter of fact, That's, it wasn't. It, it was exactly thirty for SMU yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Pitt was not Phil Dracovic away. Yeah, and UNC was um, tackling playing, playing another team without a pulse on the offensive line away. So that's yeah. that's kind of where we were on that. A lot of misses, but that's okay. We miss sometimes. We'll, be, we'll be nowhere, nowhere to go. Put up. We'll right. figure it out in week three. I mm-hmm. I think I have I, I have I have faith in us. All right, BJ, who are your ballers in week two? Yeah, so I've got a few. Let me go ahead and give you uh, just the, the biggest one here. I think when you look at the this week and you look at the top stories, the biggest ballers um, across the week of college football, Quinn Ewers is the first and foremost coming to mind um, because of what he was able to do in leading Texas to that win over Alabama. He got himself three touchdown passes, uh, 24 of 38, 350 essentially yards in those three touchdowns. Uh, looked really good, especially against what, you know, the problem with Alabama, we said, was not going to be their defense uh, before the season. Yeah. And they, they did make it tough. I mean, this was, you know, this was a game that felt like Texas had, you know, a good control of through the majority of the first half. And then all of a sudden Alabama, you know, almost dominates the third quarter. Texas is trailing for the first time in the game going into the fourth quarter and immediately within a minute and uh, 10 seconds of the fourth quarter starting, you know, they were on a drive. They finished off with a touchdown. 
they get a they get a a pick of Milrow, and they get another big play touchdown run from Jonathan Brooks. Immediately they're back up eleven. You know they do give up a touchdown uh, to make it 27-24, and you think it's not over just yet. But one more big pass to Ad Mitchell, and that puts it on ice. So good performance from Quinn. He'll be your first baller of the week. Want to give a shout out here to Jackson Dart, who had a really good game, 17 to 27 for 267. He did have a, a pick against a really good two-lane defense, but a couple touchdowns. They weren't really able to do a whole lot on the ground with Quinshawn Judkins, which was a little bit of a surprise, but Jackson Dart was able to keep them in that game and, and help them come back from down 10, a good majority of the first half, in order to lead them to that win on the road. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Sam Hartman as well. Hartman, you know, he shook, shook off some of the the woof pack woes, if you will. He's had struggles with them in his career, and then that weather delay really seemed to re-energize them as a whole as a team. But 15-24, 286, and four touchdowns, and a lot of those incompletions felt like they happened right before the delay or, or just at the, you know, onset after. Once they got clicking, it was – they were – they took off and, and were rolling. So um, one other one that I wanted to highlight, I think there may be uh, – actually, yeah, I've got two that I want to highlight here, and I'll save the best for last, my best performance, best baller of the week. But uh, I want to mention Cam Ward as well. Cam leading the Cougars to an upset win over Wisconsin, going 20 of 32 for 212 and two touchdowns. They they looked you know flat-out dominant at one point in this game in the second quarter going up 24 to six all of a sudden wisconsin's back within two and taking them down the field to get another touchdown put it away in the fourth quarter cam ward another baller of the week but the true og the true baller of the week a rejuvenated welcome back and sorry for doubting you sorry for you know saying some bad things about you last year we all did but it was more of Josh, Josh Gaddis as opposed to you, Tyler Van Dyke. 21 of 30, 374 yards and five touchdowns against an AM defense that, you know, I, I didn't expect to be, you know, ripped apart like, like Van Dyke was able to do in that game. Um, you know, that was. Restrepo and George were very, very crucial in that game yesterday. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of help from them on, on yards after catch specifically. Mm -hmm. But. You know, Van Dyke is smart, and that's something that I – I mean, I've said that from the beginning, but I just – I still don't like his mechanics, which I yeah. think could be f worked on. I think they can mm -hmm. be fixed. They looked better yeah. yesterday than they had in previous uh, games and even seasons. Yeah. There's some work to be done, but, yeah, Tyler Van Dyke does deserve a lot of kudos Absolutely. for what he was able to do yesterday. Absolutely. Um, you get you mind if I throw one in, BJ? But for sure, go for it. Yeah. What about um, Omari and ha Hampton from UNC? Nope, nobody right. from them deserves anything. <laughs> like I know that they it don't deserve a stand. damn thing. Nope. <laughs> okay. But, Sorry. But <laughs> no, he he, he had a great game. Two hundred plus yards. Yeah. Is absolutely ridiculous. Carry Drake May. I'll yeah. tell you what. Yeah. Um, yeah. He averaged nine yards a carry. Drake May like, wasn't bad yesterday on the yeah. stat line, and the stat line may be all a lot of the Heisman voters are going to look at for that game because they definitely didn't watch it. I already know that. Yeah. Um, he was not a Heisman 
caliber yeah. quarterback yesterday. Uh, and he really – he was bet, he was much better against South Carolina, uh, but he was not very good yesterday. Yeah. Can I give you one? Go for it. I saw him in the backfield all game yesterday in Lubbock, and that was Jordan Birch, uh, transferred mm-hmm. from South Carolina to Oregon in the offseason. He was phenomenal yesterday. It created yeah. a lot of pressure, created a lot of problems for Tyler Shuck. Yeah. Got to give him some love. Uh, and Bo Nix as a whole, too. Absolutely. Bo Nix was fun. The numbers he put up passing yesterday alone were enough for me to say that Bo Nix definitely was a player like of the week. Yeah, um, and I, I I, don't know. I thought I had said that, but maybe I forgot to mention him as well. I, I wanted to make sure I gave kudos especially to, to the guys that I did, but Bo Nix Oh, you're good. I don't, I don't know well. if you did or not. I, I, Not that I blanked, but I just like <laughs> – it was that quick, and then all of a sudden it, it was gone. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was trying to make sure I had my stuff up to be to be honest with you. So I made sure yeah. that I didn't uh, screw everything over. That's all. Good. Um. So I guess that'll take it into my my takeaways from the weekend, mm-hmm. and that it all starts with Notre Dame is a legitimate threat in college football. They are not. I don't know that they're national title contenders yet. I still have some things I need to see. I don't. NC State's good defensively, um, but Notre Dame defensively, I, I think there's still maybe just a few questions. But they are a legitimate threat to reach the college football playoff. They're a legitimate threat to make noise in the college football playoff if they get there, if we were basing it off of week two. Now, I'm not saying they get there. I, I don't know what their schedule um, pertains the rest of the way. I know they got a tough game with Duke coming up. Hard to say. I I know it's very unbelievable to hear me say that, but they've got a tough game with Duke. They still got Clemson. They still got USC and Ohio State. I mean, they got Ohio State in two weeks. Yep. The questions are not answered yet. There's still a lot of things to be to be determined about this Notre Dame football team. But I think they are a legitimate threat with Sam Hartman at quarterback. Marcus Freeman has done a great job. If we're talking about guys that did a great job, it has to go right then from there to South Beach. Mario Cristobal. I mean, what Miami did yesterday, the changes that he made, um, being able to make the things happen that he's been able to make happen in just his second season at Miami. A big win yesterday, 48-33. to 33. I think that's correct. Yes. Um, and, and just an overall – an overall great, great – full football game from Miami, which has been a very long time since we've seen a full, very well-played football game. I think we'd have to go back to, what, 2017, 2016, was it, when they had a really, really good year? Um, Mm -hmm. 2017, I I think, before they lost to Pitt, when they beat Notre Dame at I think so. I believe so. I mean, they had a really good year. Um, There's a lot of of upward trend for Miami-Florida, that's for sure. I hope, I hope um, Miami fans got that BOGO deal and were there so that they don't have to worry about the tickets being like jacked up for Georgia Tech. 17, so yeah. definitely slight so. improvement. Yeah, And then Connor Wigman is still good. I'm not going to say that he's great, but he played a very good game yesterday. It was not his fault that they lost. The, the defense yeah. was probably the, the real issue there mm-hmm. for A&M. Um, but as a whole, I, I don't think they're in a bad spot. As a matter of fact, I love what they're doing. Jimbo Fisher made the right call to get Bobby Petrino in. And even though there were some moments yesterday that were not great, Wegman's the guy, and you have to stick with him. I think he could lead Texas A&M to a very – I don't know about a 10-win year, 
but they could be probably pushing for one by the time the season comes to an end, especially the way the SEC West looks. I will get to that. My next take t- stays in the SEC West. It's If Jalen Milrow is in Alabama, there is a serious, serious problem for Alabama going forward. Yeah. The, I, I said it a minute ago, the eight and four at the very floor for this team. I think it's more likely nine and three, ten and two, but they are going to have a very <laughs> – I think it's likely that, that Alabama is going to have a very, very rough season. Fans are not going to be ready for this. Um and that's okay. I uh, trust me. I wouldn't be either if I've had the success in in the lifetime that Alabama fans have had if they were born around the time I have. I was. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be okay going forward beyond twenty twenty three. I think the transfer portal could probably be good to them in the at quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's going to be determined in December, likely. Did you see what Saban said after the game? It was it was very weird it, it just seemed out of place for what you'd say after uh, no i didn't i'm not gonna say anything about it either I, I saw very little i saw the like clipping but i didn't i didn't listen to it i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that alone we may come back to that at a later time sounds good my last take it's officially a dante Moore era at ucla he got the start last night had three touchdowns played very well UCLA's in good hands. I told you guys, if he was able to be the starter at some point this year, they were fine. It, it, honestly, I thought if, if Ethan Garbers would have stayed the quarterback, he didn't. They went to Dante Moore quick, and I think Chip Kelly made the right move. Yeah. UCLA tough, is tough to tell with what, four, four drives in the first half, well, at least last week. but I didn't. Yeah, I don't really know that I liked that comment or those comments as a whole, but teach their own. Everybody's got their opinion. Yeah. Lastly, the Loudmouth Top 25 is here. This is interesting. It's a, it's a fun Top 25. If you'll take that banner away, I will put it on the screen for you. Georgia stays at number one. Michigan stays at number two. Florida State stays at number three. Washington, I think, stays at number four. Or no, Washington yeah, moves up because fine. of Alabama's drop. But Washington four, mm-hmm. Texas five. Penn State, Ohio State, USC, Notre Dame, and Oregon, your top 10. Alabama, Tennessee, Oregon State, Kansas State, Utah, 11 through 15. LSU, Duke, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and Colorado, 16 through 20. Iowa, North Carolina, Miami, Washington State, and Wyoming, 21 through 25. I have a subway for just a second. I have a phone call I actually have to take. Uh, I know that's unprofessional. My bad. I'll make sure I... <laughs> Don't take them from going forward. But I'm going to let you guys start this off and, and, and let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so, Cam, let's let's put this back up on screen just for a second. Uh, so, really, until we get the explanation, because I, I do want to give some time to hear, you know, to hear the, the uh, you know, what ended up being the deciding factors, because I know this is not what I had as my top 25, and it's probably not – you know, sim. It's more similar, I would imagine, but it's not exactly what you had. Mm-hmm. So let's ration it out. Um, Washington over Texas is one that does kind of surprise me. Does it not to you as well? Um, Washington. My my biggest thing is, yes, Texas has the huge win. Alabama is always going to be a huge win. Mm-hmm. However, I do have Washington 
ahead of Texas because Washington did exactly what they were supposed to do against Tulsa. I'm not going to punish them coming off of the Boise State coming off of the Boise State win and my stupid oversight last week. Like, I'm not going to punish them for doing what they did against that Boise State team and then following it up, doing exactly what you're supposed to do to follow it up. Like, I, don't, I don't think it's a punishment, though, is the thing. Like, when you when you look at what Texas did, to me, I think that says more about them going on the road, winning in an environment that hadn't seen somebody come in there and, and win since 2019 that wasn't named Alabama, and also seeing somebody win at night for the first time since 2015. I think that said more about Texas than, than Washington. I don't think it's a punishing Washington because they did what they were I, supposed to. They're still I, top I five team see, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that, but at the same time, I I think Washington and Texas, if they played today, they'd split the series, a series of nine or ten games, like five, five for five. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. Okay. So I was going to say, we do have a little bit of, of clarity on the, uh, how the, I guess there was a tie then. Um, because it sounds like they uh, felt, or it sounds like we had them right around the same and uh, Washington would be the, the head to head winner potentially. Yeah. Uh, that was the tiebreaker. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a fair argument. I don't know if necessarily if, if I, you know, yeah. if I agree with that, but that's, you know, I don't think we'll just going off of what we had last year at least. But oh, uh, Cam had Washington at four, and he put Washington at four as well. So yeah. that was the tiebreaker. Is that yeah. Tyler like putting my, them at four? Yeah, like my top five is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, and Texas. Yeah, and my top so. five is is Georgia, Florida State. I believe it's Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, Texas, Washington. But mm-hmm. I don't think that that's you know necessarily the the worst. Um, so now we look at beyond that. I don't necessarily think that there's too many things that um, beyond that. I mean, Penn State ahead of Ohio State. There's definitely some issues that are concerning about Ohio state that if they don't get them figured out before, you know, the next couple of weeks, they are in very serious danger of losing on the road in, in, uh, in South Bend. So I, I think that's pretty fair to say at this point that, that Penn state has played better, uh, again, definitely against better competition than Ohio state has. Yeah, no. And I definitely think that's fair but i i kind of trust ryan day to we'll figure out that offense we've seen we we haven't necessarily seen since he's taken over a slow start offensively this is really the first time we've seen it but i i think that they'll figure it out because like even this week they looked better than last week for instance, and yeah, so I, I do think that they'll figure that out. And 
I I had Ohio State and Penn State hasn't had a big enough game quite yet. No offense to RJ. Um, well, I think Ohio State's regressed significantly in comparison to um, from week one to week two. Ohio State mm-hmm. like did not look even as good as they did against Ohio State or against Indiana. Um, against Youngstown State, they struggled with Youngstown State. They played with their food a little bit. Um, yeah, I had them at nine. Uh, I think BJ did too. Uh, I'm the one that does the rankings, so these guys actually don't know what my rankings were. I don't tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, no. For the sake of disparity, which we've gotten a lot of because we haven't discussed this as much. Uh, we kind of let our own eyes do the test and do, yeah. and, and determine what mm-hmm. we think instead of kind of bat- bouncing it off of each other. Um, mm-hmm. This this becomes like I do it as a – when I really have a hard time determining one spot or another, we'll go Washington and Texas, for example. Mm-hmm. My determining factor was who would win a head-to-head battle. I would lean Washington right now. I think the Texas mm, Texas was the was on the right side of a little bit of fortune in terms of quarterback play, mm-hmm. um, not being able to hit the right plays and, and make the right reads and be comfortable. They would not be on the right side of that at, with the Washington offense, and Texas yeah. would not be able to take just the field goals like they had to at points, I mean, they had some really good field position and were not able to score. Yeah. That was but my would biggest. You, would you also say that Alabama's defense is better than Washington's, as is Texas's defense, which might give them more of an edge in a potential head to head game to play devil's advocate? Well, to say that Washington, Washington's defense is worse is kind of a moot point because I'm not saying that Texas wouldn't move the ball. I'm just saying that Texas struggled to finish drives when they had really good field position. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the turnovers happened the same from Phoenix that they did from Milrow. Yeah. So my point was to put, and, and Washington was already up there for me there. I was really impressed with their win against, against uh, Boise. Oh, yeah. I, I was really impressed with Texas. Team. I was, I was really impressed with Texas winning their game against Alabama. Yeah. The only thing for me was just, I had to take it to the, that next level of who would win a head-to-head matchup. And truthfully, right now, I still would put it on Washington. Mm-hmm. But it's a close game for me. And and a, a bad result from Washington, you know, a result where they don't kind of, um, again, a result where they don't really do what they're supposed to do and don't really just win games going away like they have so far might make that a different conversation. One that I was really surprised about, I mean, all this talk about Oregon not being good enough to go into Lubbock and win, and, and Oregon's on upset alert and this, that, or the other. They went in and took care of business and won the game and played yeah. and had a very good game. They didn't turn the ball over. Texas Tech played up with them. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple ranks outside the top 10. I was at summer six with Oregon. Are we are we not buying them? I didn't say I don't buy them. I I thought I'm I just asking. I mean, that's 10. where we're at. Yeah. I th- no, so you had them t- at number twelve. Okay, I, I'm I trying to remember. Had them at twelve as well. I know you did. Yeah. Not, I was about to say I got I got six, twelve, and twelve, I, and I know I was mm-hmm. not. I, I yeah. was the higher. I, I thought that I put them. I I was trying to figure out there was the. So I I 
looking at the the Pac-12, I, I rearranged some things, had Utah go down a little bit, and I was trying to figure out that log jam of Tennessee didn't look impressive, Alabama just lost, Oregon has looked pretty good, but I think ultimately, like talent-wise, I thought I put Oregon ahead of them, but maybe I didn't. I'm going to go and, and reevaluate it. I mean, most of that was done in the wee hours of the, the morning. No, you're good. And I'm so, not – Hey, I'm not asking you to change. I'm I'm asking yeah. where the opinion is and and why, because this is not the only team that had that disparity. This is not the yeah. only team that was that much different. Um, yeah. I mean, you want me to throw it back up on there? No, you don't have to right at the moment. Um, it's it's been up there a good amount. Like Kansas State, for example, they went out and broke what was actively, um, one of the longest win streaks. In college football, I think it was a, up there with the like longest group of five win streak, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Troy, yeah. And, and they destroyed Troy. Yeah. It was like it was a close game. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, these two teams played last year, and it was a close game last year. Kansas State walked away in this game. They won big. It was never even it was never even a contest. So a 12 game winning State streak. Played Troy last year. They, they played Tulane and they lost. No, I knew that. I thought they did play. That's fine. I didn't think that um, That's fine. That's fine. Sometimes I misremember. It happens. Um, the bottom line is the Kansas State um, came out and did exactly what they were supposed to do. They covered tremendously. Um, I mean, this was only this was less than a 20-point spread. A lot of P5, G5 games don't end up like that, especially with the Sun Belt and its current state. Yeah. And they came out and, and controlled it from start to finish. They they definitely earned the spot there for me. I know that you guys had them at fifteen and sixteen. That's fine. Well, but I'm State also is, is a really good team too. It, it's it's tough mm-hmm. to. I mean, there there's going to be some movement. I, I Oregon I State was at thirteen for me. Like a lot of these things do sort themselves I, out. I think, especially as mm-hmm. we get to the middle part of the season. Yeah. But yeah. Oregon State was thirteen for me, BJ, and Cam. Yeah. For number thirteen. Um, USC, I'm lower on USC than you guys are, which is probably hindering their ranking a little bit. But I, I don't really believe in anything they're doing. I have them at 12. I, I don't buy a single thing. As a matter of fact, through th- these three weeks that they've played, I most definitely think they might be the fourth best team and maybe even fifth um, as a whole, especially because of their defense. Mm-hmm. If if Cam Rising gets healthy and is anywhere near what he has been in the past, but I, I think they could very easily find themselves losing uh, games with Washington, Oregon, and I don't, I can't remember their schedule off the top of my they've head. Got, but. They've, they've got Colorado, UCLA, Utah, Washington, Oregon. I'm not saying that. All I could see them losing to Washington lost. and Oregon, but I could see a two yeah. loss situation there. I could see that, and I could see if Utah's fully healthy. I mean, that's a possibility. The way that we saw how physical they can be now, they got to figure that out. Based on what we saw last, you know, yesterday against Baylor for yeah. Utah, but and I'd imagine that they'd be even better once Rising gets back full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's part of the reason why they dropped down a little bit is that that they dropped they dropped for me because they were just they got beat bad on the line of scrimmage. It was not very mm-hmm. close uh, from me at least looking back at it. They didn't really do anything well. Mm-hmm. Yesterday they did enough to win. They did not do anything good though, yeah. so that was that was the point for me where I dropped them a good amount. Um, 
And then so Tennessee. We, Tennessee's another one. Like, I had them at 16. Yeah. You guys had 10 and 9. I just don't think they're a top 10 team. I don't know they're a top 15 team right now. They've struggled pretty yeah. bad out of the gate in their first two games, and I know they've won them, and they've won them by a pretty considerable margin in both. But much like Ohio State, I'm not impressed. I'm just not it, seeing anything that makes me look at them and be like, oh, yeah, they're definitely – they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to start better and be strong all throughout to survive the swamp, which is a place they haven't won in 20 years. And the way they've started out the gate, the first two games, it's easy enough to say that they're, you know, sleepwalking or overlooking their opponents. But if it looks that way, and the swamp is always a rowdy environment, it's tough to win oh, there. Yeah. They found out that out the last 20 years. They're they're gonna drop themselves down if they continue to play as bad oh, to start yes. games. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I know we had seven Pac-12 teams in our top twenty-five. Let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six. Am I missing one? Washington State. No, I just I missed. I didn't count USC, um, which is fine. Uh, so yeah, we have seven. So Washington State got in at the very back due to they, they were there was a tiebreaker there that was very interesting. So the, there were two teams, Washington State and Wyoming, who equaled a total point score of eighty, um, mm-hmm. which was the highest point total we've had all season so far for a team to get in. Um, Washington State and Wyoming both had rankings of twenty in there, with two unranked. Um, numbers in there as well, which I go with the value of 30 for unranked. Yeah, it seems pretty um, high for the for to those two teams to have rankings of 20. I, I think they're they could be top 25. They were a top 25 team for me last week, and um, I think their win this week was even better. I mean, Jake Dickert's doing a great job in Pullman. Well, Washington I was State was is talking about very Wyoming, deserving. but well, I don't, I didn't put Wyoming there. You can, I, you no, can have that conversation in a second. Washington State for me was easy. It was easy mm-hmm. for me to put them in my top 25 because they were already there. They were a team that I kind of floated in there at the end of last week because I really was like, I was very intrigued with Wisconsin and Washington State, anyways. Mm-hmm. Washington State goes out and really owns the game. They led it from the very beginning. Yeah. They got down to a two point game. They pulled back away. They are very deserving of a top 25 ranking. Um, I don't, I, I know they weren't ranked by both of you guys, and I'm okay with that. But I think they're a team that definitely deserves a look because what they did with Colorado State, who made some made some moves in the portal and, and got better, um, they disposed of them easily. I mean, look, do you guys see how many people were taking upsets in that? There were some people really pulling the upset uh, bid there with with Colorado State. Mm-hmm. I think it was a road game for uh, the Cougars as well. Then they win at home with against Wisconsin and and. Look, this is that's not a game where you sell your stock in Wisconsin. That's not a game. I look. I I heard it last night. The uh, oh man, I I and I'm not talking about one person in particular. I I read it a lot of places, but the man it, knew Wisconsin wasn't going to be that good. It's game two in a brand new system. Mm-hmm. Why on the road? What first game zones. on the road? Yeah. I was going to say, first road game, a totally different time zone, and I'm not saying that's why they lost, but no. there's a lot of 
different things in that game. They got going. They got a little bit of a rhythm going, and then they lost mm-hmm. it, and that's where they lost the game. Yeah, Wisconsin's not bad. I don't know where this idea comes from that they're just all of a sudden like, oh, man, just sell your stock. Wisconsin's not going to do shit this year. Get rid of it's, them. It's, it's like TCU, the, the reactions case. after week one, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. So I, I think that, you know, that's kind of – to me, it's, it's tough to – yeah, you know, how you evaluate so early in the year. Washington State's right there on the edge for me as yeah. well as I, a couple I, I other teams. But I, I put in UCLA, uh, I think, over Washington State. And, um, you know, so I they're, just, they're a team that, that was really close. UCLA is hard for was, me. They're they're in my consideration and yeah. for good reason. I think they're playing very well. But Kansas is another team that I, I was like, I'm trying Kansas to Kansas was at 25 for me. Yeah. I ranked them yeah, uh, because I thought it was very impressive what they did in Lawrence on Friday. I was, yeah, I was, I was trying impressed. to find a spot for them in my top 25. There's just, there's just a lot of things to be discussed. I mean, hell, Clemson and Tulane were ranked in some. Texas Tech and Wisconsin were ranked in others. Kansas was ranked. Um, Like there was a disparity. We had, this was six teams that were in consideration. That's the most we've mm-hmm. ever had um, so far this season. We've had numbers such as four last week, and going into the preseason. Um, let me see if I can find those. Going into the preseason, we had three. Um, yeah. It feels like. By the way, I will give Cam credit because Cam had Duke ranked going into the season. They were in my considering. I was trying to find a spot for him going into the season. They were literally my twenty. Well, you didn't find a spot for him. That's that's the bottom line of it. Cam Cam did, and we didn't, and we were we missed it. Yeah. But this has been this has been as probably as chaotic of a start as we've probably seen in a while. I mean, we haven't seen the upsets the way we've expected probably, but it's, it's been chaotic because it's, it's very hard to find a team pulling away right now. Michigan is probably the best team so far in terms of just like being consistent. Mm -hmm. But if we want to talk about best team and because of their best win, Texas might be up there. Yeah. Florida Florida state State could potentially be up there. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are two teams right there that yeah, went off of what they did last year. Beat Georgia, though. I don't. I don't think it would be if it was based off of what everything's going on right now. It's just it's hard to put somebody above them because again they haven't done anything wrong. They're still the defending champs and they're still in a feeling process. Yeah. Now, next week's going to be a measuring stick. If if South Carolina sticks around, they're not going to be the number one team anymore. No. I mean, that's just being yeah. straightforward. If South yeah. Carolina sticks around the way they've played the first two weeks, they're not playing. They're not going to be number one for very long. South, Car- South um, Carolina, if they can jump out and immediately in the first quarter take advantage the of the problem is Georgia I don't think starts. they will. I don't think they will. Uh, yeah, I don't think Georgia's so probably going to solidify why they're number one because they're probably going to mollywop the shit out of South Carolina. And I don't like saying that, but that's, that's probably what's going to happen. If I'm being honest, Uh, they struggled yesterday. Furman was pretty well in the game for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, I just ready for Lenora sellers, man. uh, (laughs) We can, we can move on to 2024 and see Lenora sellers. Uh, First quarterback I've seen in a long time with glasses, by the way. Yeah. 
who wears who wears glasses, but man, he's got a cannon. Did you see that throw last night that he made from yeah. the forty-five yeah. all the way to the back end of the end zone? That was a sixty-five yard throw. Yeah, you sent it like that four times. How can I not see it? Did I send it that many times? So it wasn't yeah. sending on my messenger. Yeah. I couldn't get that yeah. to go through. So that's yeah, why it, I it had sent to... three times immediately, and then once like again. I found it on. again this morning because, yeah. and I sent it because I was like, oh, I didn't see it in my thing. My bad. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's yeah, like four times. Hey, hey, well, everybody needed to see that throw four times because it was phenomenal. <laughs> it I was, was a good throw. I was really impressed. Um, so, yeah, Lenora Sellers, he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to as a somebody following South Carolina. Uh, but if somebody following Michigan, J.J. McCarthy has been really good, too, um, and a big reason why Michigan's not going anywhere because he's been so consistent. Like, you can see the improvements so yeah. far in the season from him. Um, and you got the the emotional moment with his uh, with his friend that that had died yesterday. That forty seven mm-hmm. yard touchdown pass, right on cue as they were right talking about it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't even couldn't write it better. Um, no, it's gonna be fun. Uh, Ryan Keeler, by the way, was the name of the yeah, player. Yeah, I'm sorry, I blinked. Um, yeah, I super. Super excited to see what this season brings because it's definitely bringing some different blood to the table for the college football playoff conversation. And I think I'm here for it. I, I really am. Um, definitely. Now, am I here for, for Michigan to get there and get first rounded again? No. Um, but I, I've dealt with worse, I suppose, as a, as a fan in my life. Um, anyways, we'll move on. It's been a long show. Got a, got a lot more to discuss on Wednesday, of course. We have the brand new segments. Make sure you check those out. Uh, they'll be posted throughout the course of Thursday, Friday, and even into Saturday. Um, we always get our game previews out. We get our game of the week preview out on Saturday mornings at 11. Um, everything else goes out. And then, of course, our game recaps. A couple of them will probably be up this week. I don't think we're going to do all three of them on YouTube, but um, we'll get a couple of those up and of course the rest of our clips so make sure you're checking us out throughout the week if you missed any part of the show you can probably see at least a bit of it um through the clips so we appreciate you and we will see you on wednesday bj hit the music